It's 9.30. Welcome to Coast Community Radio, KMUN Astoria, KTCB Tillamook. It's time for Food Talk. I'm Marianne Myers, and I am here with my ever-fabulous co-host, Linda Perkins. I got my apron on. Hi, Marianne. (laughs) You do. Hey, before we talk food, uh, we have a lost dog, Linda, and we really want to get this information. I know. So, And this call just came in um, just a few minutes ago. So uh, everybody... Heads up, we're looking for this dog, Chihuahua Terrier Mix, female, light brown in color with a red collar. She's a newly rescued dog and doesn't answer to a name and is very shy. Last seen last night, Sunday night, about 5 o'clock near Peter Pan Market. Any info is greatly appreciated. So if you see this little sweetie pie uh, running around looking scared, call the station at 503-325-0010, and we will put you in touch with a very concerned brand-new parent who wants their pup back. So it's so... (laughs) it's, It's... distressing to lose a pet yeah, and yeah. not know where they are. Well, and that's the noise I made while you were gone. Because <laughs> you were gone, I missed you. <laughs> Marianne's been in Spain. I've been in Spain. Um, and now I'm cold. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was thinking it might be that time of year where we switch from iced coffee to hot coffee because yes. I was a little frosty on the way to the it, station this morning. Usually <laughs> you and I come in and sit down and throw the windows in the air room open, but nope. this morning we're like huddled around the heat emitting equipment. <laughs> little icicles on my nose. <laughs> so tell me what you ate on vacation. Oh, I am my so gosh. excited to hear. I saw some pictures and they were fabulous. We have Norma Hernandez to thank for that because uh, Rod and I were not allowed to have a bite of anything until the photo (laughs) had been taken. Yay, cold food. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, So much. I ate so much. And you know, the interesting thing is, uh, and and I went for three weeks to Spain uh, a couple years ago with Norma, Mm -hmm. and we uh, essentially ate and drank our way through Spain for three solid weeks, and I lost five pounds, and I did that again this time because oh if you gosh. walk, walk yeah. 10 yeah. miles a day, you can eat anything. I could be on the all-milkshake diet. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> so I'm just saying it's the walking, okay, okay. Um, and, and you don't need to jog or anything. You just need to walk. It, it's easy to walk when you're somewhere so completely different from where yeah. you live, and and the weather is lovely, and yeah. all of that stuff. What did you eat that was memorable? Um, I always uh, look forward to and enjoy often the Spanish tortilla, which is not actually a tortilla in the way that we think of uh, Mexican tortillas. What is it? It is like a frittata. Okay. It's an egg dish. Um, the classic is potato and onion. Okay. And uh, then you can also find it with chorizo in it or, or uh, chopped peppers or a variety of other things. But my class, my favorite is just the classic potato onion tortilla served uh, at every tapas bar in Spain okay. <laughs> and often in um, uh, the pincho bars in um, Bilbao, you know, the, the um, Basque version of tapas. Is, uh, it, is it thick? Is it thin? It's thick. It's, okay. it's probably about an inch and a half thick usually. You can do it a couple different ways. It's, um, it's sautéed um, onions 
and thinly sliced potatoes. Um, you cook the potato. You just boil the peel and boil the potatoes until they're slightly tender, and then slice them really thin, along with onions. Saute them up, and then uh, wipe. Take them out of the pan. Wipe the pan out, and dump in your um, beaten eggs with salt and whatever else you're going to put in them, and um, and then put the veggies back in and let it cook. Um, you can put it in the oven at 375 and leave it for about uh, approximately 30 minutes, or you can do it right in a deep uh, frying pan. Okay. And um, you want it to be thick, not like uh, an omelet, but okay. thick. Okay. Um, and then and then slide it out. Turn you know turn it over on a pan and slide, take it out of the frying pan and then slide it back in on the other side and let it get lightly brown. You can eat it warm. You can eat it room temperature later, which is often how you see it at uh, tapas bars. Love that. Ate a ton of marinated anchovies and cod in every possible uh, from um, fritters to, oh, oh, just uh, unbelievably fabulous uh, codfish. What else? Uh, Paella. Oh, no. Can't go to Spain and not eat paella. It's so pretty, too. It's so beautiful. And it's so full of lusciousness. <laughs> <laughs> and um, let me think, what else? I actually had creme brulee in France. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> and wow. you know what? It what? tastes exactly the same as the creme okay. brulee here. Well, still, but but did you have anything that you hadn't, like, um, like really had before or, or had... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. was there anything that was like a big surprise? Yes, rabbit brains. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey. They're a surprise for me, it turns out, too. <laughs> it, it was uh, brand new for me, and I got to admit that <laughs> I misunderstood when the um, chef who was d- doing something for us right in front of us, sort of uh, like Kobe Steakhouse style, mm-hmm. only not that, um, but everything being cooked right in front of you. I thought that the chef said Robin Brains. And I leaned over to Rod Nichols, who was with us, Chef Rod Nichols, and I said to him, what do they do with the rest of the robin? (laughs) It seems so wasty. (laughs) And he kind of looked at me like I was deranged. And then he goes, rabbit, rabbit. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah, they eat a lot of rabbit here. I guess there's no waste. That makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, really. It was delicious. Uh, what else did I eat that I've never eaten before? I'm trying to think. Or just that was a surprise, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know that there... I, I was guilty, actually, of eating a whole lot of things that I so fondly remembered and couldn't wait to get back yeah. and have again. Yeah. Little tiny squid with... Um, Soft cooked eggs on top. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, Pan con tomate, just uh, really good uh, baguette slices rubbed with tomato so that they're cut and uh, toasted so they're a little bit crisp. And then you rub a tomato on them. Never thought of that. And drizzle them with olive oil. And it's really good and standard. It's another one of those things that's on every menu or every tapas bar. Um, Just so much delicious food. It's fun to go somewhere else. I yeah. recommend it. Do you do you have a favorite thing that you ate? I know that's hard. Gosh, that's really hard. Um, oh, man. 
Nope, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I should have told you I was going to ask you that question no, before. <laughs> I'll, I, let me, yeah, give me a few minutes. I'll think about okay, it. Okay. You tell me what you've been cooking. Uh, well, it sucked when you were gone because I didn't have anybody to talk food with. <laughs> have you ever made, and this is so not like rabbit brains in France, ha- have you ever made ham gravy? I have never made ham gravy, well, but see, I've had ham I didn't, gravy. I didn't even know. I, I just, I've never had it. I never thought about it because what would you like, like, what would you make it out of? You know, you, you boil a ham or not boil right. it, but you put it in the oven with a little water in the pan, you know, on a, yeah. on a rack and it's all clear liquid. Well, I was at, while you were gone, um, Main Street Market over in Warrington, they had a meat sale and I was there early cause I had a lot to do that day. I think I was, for, well, I know I was the first one in the door. And so, um, um, I was starting to get my meat cut and then another lady came in and she was pretty much just getting her meat for the year. And so, um. Uh, we started talking and we were talking soup and she said her favorite soup to make was uh, ham bean soup and I asked her how she made it and she said when she makes a ham dinner she just makes extra ham gravy and I'm like ham gravy and so what she does is she um, roasts the ham on really low heat with water in the bottom of the pan like we all do takes the ham out and then she puts the roasting pan back in the oven on high and she uh, browns evaporates and then browns what's left and that's what she makes her gravy out of isn't that great that's really smart. Yeah. So we were, I mean, we were there quite a while. We were talking about cooking and then we both, it turns out, have um, grandsons on the autism scale and, and she introduced herself. And then finally, when um, Robert was done cutting my meat, I was fixing to leave and she threw her arms out and she gave me a big hug. And so I said, you know, do you want to be friends? And she said, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh, no. And that's how much it sucked when you were gone. <laughs> hey, you know what? I love honesty. I love that kind of honesty oh, no. where you don't have to oh, guess no. what somebody's thinking. I hate oh, guessing what somebody's... Oh, I'm no. always wrong. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. No. So I left, and then when I went out front, you know, to pay for everything, I told them what happened, so I got a whole bunch of, like, pity friends now. <laughs> Don't worry, Linda. We'll be your friends. You weren't here, and I couldn't make any new friends. Oh, it sucked. (laughs) You and I should go on. uh, We should go on a trip sometime, where someplace we really want to eat. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. I feel though like I would be a hindrance because I am not that adventurous and eater. Eater. The rabbit brains. It's just because so many. I mean, my father just forced calf brains on us when we were oh, little. Yeah. It's what we had to eat for breakfast, and it's just like, ugh. And I mean, because of that, and the fact that our house that we grew up in was a block from the junior high school, and the whole entire thing was carpeted in blood, blood red. Everybody uh. called me Wednesday, and my brothers Pugsley and Pugsley because <laughs> we had this blood floor and we ate brains for breakfast. <laughs> and that stuck for years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I will try anything. I'm I'm yeah, not going to I'm not going to um go out and uh seek Yeah, you're a, not like a, fear factor. Well, I'm not Where's the latest eyeball? No. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to um go find a source for rabbit brains and have them now at home. Yeah. I, I just was completely surprised. And actually, mm-hmm. the way that they came to me was not a plate of brains. I wouldn't have oh, not no, have no, known. no, no, yeah, no, I know that. <laughs> they came on a completely perfect little uh, egg souffle that had been, uh, you know, when you build something in a... Um, metal cylinder so that it looks perfect mm-hmm. when you pull the Fancy. cylinder off. Yeah. Well, that cylinder went on the grill 
and then the uh, uh, egg souffle went into it, and it oh, wow. was steaming. Okay. While the uh, preparation, which I thought was rabbit robin brains, uh, <laughs> sweet, was sweet. being made, <laughs> and um, and it, you know there was I think some brandy in there, and I mean, it was and and then it was used as a tiny little. Um, uh, garnish basically on okay. top of this heavenly little egg okay. souffle. It was a, a uh, bite kind of thing, like a tapas kind of thing, only being cooked okay. um, in front of you, and 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 it really was completely fabulously delicious. The other thing is, you know, ham. Yeah, Iberico ham. Yeah, I have this sad story I've told you, oh, but no. uh, the um, customs took all the ham away from me when I came back through the United States. Thanks that's, that's, so much, Atlanta. Thanks. That's, that's the kind of ham that you go see the financing guy. <laughs> yes, it's the ham that the the pigs only eat acorns, and apparently oh. between you know, which was the sole diet of. Uh, who was it? Was it Pooh? No, it was oh. it was Eeyore. Eeyore. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He only ate haycorns. Iberico Eeyore. There's a lot of owls in that name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I have no ham to. Uh, I, I was bringing you to ham. share. I oh. was bringing you ham, oh. but you're gonna have to talk to the Department of Ag guy in Atlanta at the airport. And and, and although he swears that they throw everything away, I'd be surprised. <laughs> I hope not. I hope, I hope somebody not either. Golly, what a shame. Quickly, I'd like to remind everyone that Food Talk is a co-production of Coast Community Radio and North Coast Food Web. I'm Marianne Myers, and I'm here with Linda Perkins, and we're talking about food. Holidays coming up yep. in a heartbeat. Yep. I was. I, I stumbled on the internet on, I don't even know why, something about mashed potatoes. You know, we yeah. all make mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving. Yeah. So Joel Rubichon is famous for his mashed potatoes. Well, how how, how different can mash, how, how glorious can mashed potatoes <laughs> be, right? So I was looking on the internet and his recipe, and if you were shocked by Robin brains. I was shocked by this. His recipe and the reason people love his mashed potatoes is his ratio is two parts potato to one parts butter. Whoa. I know. And what that means is if you have two pounds of potatoes and two pounds of potatoes is about three potatoes, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. not wrong. Like not three giant potatoes, three just regular recipe potatoes. Is and about a cube of butter. And no, not a cube of butter, a, a pound. pound of butter, four sticks of butter. Isn't that insane? Yeah, delicious. I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked because I remember just making like like seven pounds of potatoes and putting two sticks in there and thinking, oh, I'm going to kill my family. You know, they're all just going to seize up right there at the table. But they're going to die with a <laughs> smile on their face. But, oh, my gosh. Two pounds of potatoes. And wow. Pound of butter. Yeah, because two pounds of potatoes, three potatoes, you would feel pretty excessive putting a stick of butter in there, you know? I don't even know how the the... Uh, texture would be it seems like it would just be like oily well and that's the thing i wasn't even willing to try yeah so i mean i'm sure that, that i mean is there cream in there too oh my gosh <laughs> you gotta wonder it wasn't in the recipe but maybe man. it's a, maybe it's a typo because no you know that time no. i put 12 instead of one half lemon juice <laughs> <laughs> juice of one half lemon. I put juice of 12 oh. lemons in my printed. My friend Sherry wrote out a recipe for her daughter to make while she was waiting for her to come home, you know, from work between latchkey. And she put two cups of vanilla. 
And so that poor girl, Roxana, was so industrious. She was like going from neighbor to neighbor, collecting all the <laughs> vanilla she could to make it like her mom said. <laughs> oh, see, maybe that's it. Maybe that's a, maybe it's an editorial error. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And that was before it was so expensive, but I think it still cost Sherry 80 bucks to replace all the vanilla around the neighborhood that her daughter collected. <laughs> hey, I got one of those, um, uh, you know, Teresa Retzlaff out at 46 North Farm. She uh, practices some dry farming methods. Yes. She experiments with them. And it's in conjunction with the um, agricultural department at um, OHU. So, um, or OSU. Oregon, oh, yeah, sorry about that. Oregon State University. Sorry about that. But um, I got one of her dry farmed yellow watermelons. That thing was gigantic. It was huge. And she, she had small ones too. But I, I thought large meant, you know, like, oh, it was at least 20 pounds. It was just huge. But it was really, really good. So oh. it's a yellow watermelon. And um, um, she said, this got so huge. I didn't know they could get so huge. For sure, it's going to have cracks in it when you open it up you know so like when you get a regular watermelon it's really really super juicy you know how like you, you cut it and it's all you know straight through its melon and then um you know you're like oh it's spilling all over the counter and blah 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 but this had a, a big crag in it because it got so large there wasn't enough water because it's dry farmed it's not irrigated oh, right, right. so it did have a big crack but big deal but it was really good and it wasn't as juicy as regular watermelon which was just fine it was still very juicy and it um um but it didn't like spill all over and and i realized that i don't need watermelon to spill all over that's that's actually kind of a pain you know yeah it was really really good anyway i was really glad that i got it and really glad that i tried it even though it wasn't robin brains i'm uh... a <laughs> that was well, my bravery robin brains i have yet to try them as it turns out um um i'm i'm just impressed that a good watermelon can be grown here yes that it can extract enough water out of the soil to, well, to, or to, and enough sun out of the sky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, seriously. It, but the, it, it was good, and she just harvested them. Harvested wow. them, but but yeah, it was good, and I was I was really impressed. Yum! I'm uh, already uh, mourning the passing of yeah, melon. Yeah. You know, it's one of the things I, I, I don't. We look forward to something food wise every season as yeah. the seasons roll around, and I do look forward to. I always look forward to winter squash, um, and and a variety of things in the fall. Really, like a massive array of kinds of apples, mm -hmm. uh, but I and and winter pears, my favorite. But I. Miss melons, and I always am so happy it, July comes around. Yeah. I'm like, melons, strawberries, and sweet corn. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. And I'm sure everybody knows that from this show. <laughs> Probably. It's like every year it's the same show. Melons, strawberries, sweet corn. Yep. <laughs> we always have the same thing. Because that's, that's what, what we like. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Doesn't matter how many cookbooks we buy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh. Speaking of cookbooks, I have to buy new bookcases. <laughs> Girl, I... I just uh, saw. Uh, I just I just delivered a. I feel like an enabler because yeah. I was the conduit for someone donating a big bag of cookbooks to you. Or no, oh, no, I, no, they, no, no. She borrowed them and brought them back. So, that's right. So no, okay. no, no. We don't have to go to Al Anon. Because right. really, I was worried about it. I yeah. know. I, I don't even. You are the Library of Congress I of cookbooks. Well, I thought that if I lent them out, then I wouldn't have to buy a. More bookcases, but then it turns out they come back because <laughs> the people are honest. Damn it. 
<laughs> I have these two shelves of cookbooks at home. I mean, two uh, book cases. Yeah. They, they're multiple shelves each uh, in my pantry. And when um, I can no longer get a book in there, then I have to, if I find one I really want, I have to get rid of one. Yeah. But then I see now that's, that's how you can tell that I should probably get some medication or therapy <laughs> or something. Because then I'm like, it's the book I miss most. I gave it away. Oh, that's the one my, my, oh, the child I gave up for adoption. You know, I'm, I, ugh, I got a problem. Well, <laughs> The, you know, the, the other thing is that there's so much available to us on the Internet. Mm -hmm. And I don't just mean like random Internet stuff, which, mm -hmm. as you and I both know, is uh, not always reliable. <laughs> but uh, specific recipes mm -hmm. by specific people yeah. are out there in the yeah. world. And um, I'm happy to have them in that way. I guess something, well, there's a lot of things I love about cookbooks, but the thing, one thing that I really like about cookbooks is going through the whole cookbook and then seeing something that you haven't tried before. And then if I see that on the internet, I am not very confident trying it because most likely it was written by a Russian robot and it's just <laughs> trying to frustrate me. You know? <laughs> but, but okay. So there's, um, um, when you have a cookbook problem, there's many different things. And part of it is you, there's all kinds of cookbooks you want. And, and what happens is like, there was a book that was written a couple years ago called the artful baker and I wanted it, but there were always cookbooks. I wanted more. And those would be the ones I bought, but I bought it recently. And, um, um, I really like it. So there's a couple things I've made out of it. One is raspberry caramels. Now for, for years I've been trying to make fruit caramels and they turn out okay. But the thing is in this climate where it's always so wet and damp, um, they just turned to goo like within a week. They're not shelf stable, the fruit oh. caramels. They just, you know, they're, 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 um, goopy and they stick to the paper and, and they just almost dissolve. But these were really good and they, they were kind of hard to make and they were also expensive to make. It takes like two pounds of fresh raspberries. But I thought they were good and I'm excited to make them when you can get the good, you know, locally grown raspberries in the yes. spring because I made them just out of, you know, woody store-bought raspberries yeah. and still they're good. So I am excited about that. And I also made, he has a sour cherry upside down cake. Ooh. And I made that too. And the cake part of it was, was good. It was okay. It wasn't like mind blowing, but that, that cherry part was really, really good. And well, when, when you say cherry part, was it like a separate, it wasn't mixed into the batter? No, it's it's like an upside down cake. Oh, where okay. you, yeah, it, it was an upside down cake where you spread it all over the bottom and yeah. then you put the batter on top yeah. and then when you're done you flip it upside down. But um, the process of making the cherry upside the cherry part of it, um, so they had a bag at Freddy's of sour cherries and sweet cherries and that was as close as I could get to sour cherries. But it was just fine for this, and so you you um, boil the cherries or or just simmer them and and then you strain them and. Um, uh, strain the juice and sugar mix off of it and then it's the cherries you put in the pan and then the sugar um uh like a syrup yeah you, you boil that to a certain consistency and then you use that as a glaze and it's it's really good it so the glaze made up for an okay you know decent cake uh -huh. and, and then but but it was good and so you would use a different cake underneath uh, I, I would yeah I, I think that I, I would like to try it with almond cake you know oh yeah something like that something <gasps> that had more yeah. fat in the cake uh -huh. and um more like sour cream or something and like more that dense in the cake. Yeah. yeah and so so anyway um, because it was in a cookbook of somebody who knew what they were doing rather than a Russian robot <laughs> set out to frustrate me <laughs> with the two cup denotation of vanilla. <laughs> um, so it, yeah, I was willing to try it. And then also 
I saw it. You know, I I wouldn't look for cherry upside down cake on the internet because yeah. I never thought of it. And so I like that part of cookbooks, just browsing them, seeing what's in there, what looks interesting, and then hopefully trying it rather than just putting it back on a shelf. So what was different about the uh, raspberry caramels that than the last time you made them that made them work? Um, there was so much more fruit. I always oh. thought there just had to be enough fruit to flavor it. Oh. And this was, the pan was just a nine by nine pan. And the caramels were thinner than you would want them to be. And it took two pounds of raspberries. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was almost like a cross between a caramel and a fruit roll up. Uh-huh. So... I think that was it, that there was just a lot more fruit. Something about that chemistry, but I'm not smart enough to understand it. Well, and it's sort of counterintuitive, really. Yeah, exactly. You would think that the more fruit, the juicier, runnier. The more, the faster it would dissolve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, uh, I'm going to do an autumn dinner tonight. Oh, are you? What are you going to make? I'm going to do some, um, either, a, uh, either, I think baked uh, sweet potatoes okay. and um, pork chops with homemade applesauce and sautéed onions. Okay. Little um, horseradish. Numb. Yeah. I think it's that ty- kind of night. I know yeah. the sun's supposed to come out later in the week, and we're going to uh, swing back into late summer for a couple days. But right now, I'm cold, and I want warm, hot, Comfort you know, food. I yeah. want hot yeah. food and uh, meat. I have five delicata squashes at home, <gasps> and I'm so excited to roast those. Man, I just love those. That's I do, too. That's my favorite squash. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, I think maybe butternut is my favorite, but I like roasted any kind of winter squash. Yeah, yeah. Any kind, for sure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. good. When you said sweet potato, it made me think of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, and pears and, ch- and brie right now. Yeah. The Bosque pears are getting really good, and those are the ones you can uh, cook too. And they, you know, how you like roast an apple. Do you ever do pears that way? I have not. I've poached them, but I have never and baked them in things, but I've never um, roasted them. But I bet they'd be good. Somebody was talking about it, and I'd never done it or heard of it or really thought about it before. Yeah, but I, I bet they'd be great. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if you could do like a gratin kind of thing with them. With brie. Yeah, and breadcrumbs, and I don't know. I might have to invent something. Do you think that, see, I think the reason I never thought about it is my feeling is they would just dissolve, but they don't dissolve when you poach them. No, not, uh, the, uh, certainly Donjou or, or Bartlett's would dissolve, but Bosque, you, you can't, you cannot make those things lose their shape. <laughs> Seriously, you just can't. So I think it would be safe. I might have to try something and get back to you next time. Um uh, Okay, I had something wonderful to say, and now it's gone. You know how that works. Oh, my gosh. I like vapor lock like an old Buick. It's the <laughs> no. most amazing And we have thing. to pull over and cool <laughs> off, and that's not good on the radio. <laughs> that is not good on the radio. I love it when people think we have a script. <laughs> <laughs> Who thinks that? That's so cute. That- haven't, haven't you ever had somebody say, oh, how long does it take you guys to write that? Oh, note? my God! I know that they're just, like, being nice. Uh, we should admit that we have sort of an unspoken <laughs> pact that we never talk about what we're going to talk about on the radio ahead of time. No. So if we show up early and sit in the air room, we're talking about everything but the, our pets and <laughs> yes, our husbands. Yes, yes. So, anyway, that's so crazy. <laughs> I got some good pickles at the food web. Oh, man, I yeah. know. I did, too. We're talking about Lazy Creek Farm pickles. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, 
Ruth, uh, <laughs> Ruth Sunderland does killer pickles. Yes, she sure does. It's really nice that um, Egg Day has kind of evolved into that yes. from when the produce isn't as readily available. Yes. So year-round at North Coast Food Web on Thursdays, every Thursday from uh, 9 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon, local farm direct, uh, ranch direct food. We have cheese and butter and um, uh, meat and produce and um, all kinds of wonderful things and uh, preserves and pickles and that kind of thing. So uh I encourage you to come by and support your local uh, food producers. But also, it reminds me that the holidays are coming up, and we are going to be doing a pie fundraiser oh, at the right. Food Web, so they're going to be available to order. So I'm just giving you—this is a shot across the bow, uh, <laughs> because <up>. there will <laughs> be uh, ways to order pies on, uh, at Egg Day or on the website coming your way soon, probably next week. But uh, if you're thinking that you might like a uh, home-baked uh, pie for your holiday table or just, you know, to take in the bedroom with a quart of ice cream and lock the door, <laughs> that would be fine, too. You can uh, uh, stay tuned for that. So much better than rabbit brains. So much. <laughs> My mom taught me this, like, when you know, a pie like that, to say, I made the money to buy it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Parenthetically speaking, yeah. <laughs> I need to remind people, I get to remind people, Linda, that they are listening to Food Talk on Coast Community Radio, KMUN Astoria, 91.9 FM, KTCB Tillamook, 89.5 FM, streaming at coastradio.org and on your mobile using the TuneIn app. It is seconds before 10 o'clock, and we're looking today at a high of 60. It's 56 degrees right now on the front porch of the Telecom House in downtown Astoria. Uh, we're looking at rain mainly in the afternoon, which is interesting to me because it's been raining all morning. So uh, we don't know. <laughs> but anyway, highs near 60, breezy winds 15 to 20 miles per hour in the afternoon. Could gust as high as 35 miles per hour tonight. Rain. Lows around 55. Tomorrow, rain. But uh, becoming sunny later in the day. So stick around for that. There's uh, rain and Marianne is back from Spain. Oh, gosh. Yay. Mainly in the plane. So uh, mainly on the plane is how yes. I got here. <laughs> Stay tuned for uh, on the plane. it. There was a taxi ride that was very small, but mainly on the plane. <laughs> hey, I, I got to go to the news. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.